Hello everyone, I'm Marcus Staples and this is Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. So for this episode, we're going to be taking a break from doing series. I know that we recently done two series and this episode's going to do a slight reprieve from that. On that note, I'm going to do something we haven't done yet on this show. I'm going to cover a track that we've already covered. Think of it as like a throwback. There was a a track I previously did that I kind of want to further explain. So on today's show, we will be revisiting Evangel's track Emmaus, originally heard on the album City of God from Christcentric Records. Now, the topic of this track comes out of Luke chapter 24. I'm not actually going to read the text or read the supporting text like I did the first time I covered this one, but rather I'm going to expound on some of the topics a little bit. Uh, Some of those example texts that he used uh, would be Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, and chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, uh, Micah 5, Daniel 7, and John 2, 19. So let's look at why Evangel spends his time uh, focusing on texts like these and decided to choose this track in the first place. I mean, we all know that it's nice having a picture of what this event could have looked like, well, a five-minute condensed picture. But I want to look at the bigger picture. I mean, the real whys and why is this section of text important. So important that Evangel would write a whole track about it. To do that, we need to example the two primary reasons that Luke contains this text in his gospel. For the first reason, we'll have to take a look at Luke chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 to discover why the book as a whole was written. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seems good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So this is Luke's intro to this book. Luke was, as we know, a physician. And so in writing this book, this is not just some Joe on the street. This is a very well-educated man. And he wrote this book as a formal history. His purpose, he states in this introduction, to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. Why? That you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So that's the reason he wrote this book. To compile a narrative so Theophilus can be certain that what he has heard and has been taught is actually true. Therefore, we must ask ourselves, how does this specific passage of text further that purpose? See, Luke's not writing just to tell a story. He's actually trying to prove something. And the things you have been taught would be the things concerning the Messiah, a.k.a. Jesus. Luke is including this text not just to show that the things that have taken place are important, but to also link them to the Old Testament prophecies, thus giving further evidence of their truth. He's also trying to show that the events that happened weren't accidental, that there was some rhyme or reason among them. This part of the book is vital, because here we can see the disciples' eyes being open to the meaning of what they had just witnessed, and what scripture had pointed to. This leads to the second point. The disciples, plus all the Jews, had it all wrong. How do we know this? Well, 
let's take a look at the text. Again, this is coming from Luke chapter 24. It says, While they were walking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went up with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Let's look at the disciples' responses. They were astounded. They said things like, Have you not heard? You know, they may as well have said, This is a big deal. The guy we thought was the Messiah, who would lead us out of bondage to Rome and restore us to sovereignty, is dead. Who's going to restore the nation back to its glory days of David? But they had it all wrong. See, they expected an earthly Messiah. This can be seen throughout the Gospels. Some examples would be James and John when they approached Jesus and asked him to be seated at his left hand and his right hand. They were viewing an earthly kingdom, not a heavenly kingdom. That's why Jesus replied, you do not know what you are asking. We can also take a look at John the Baptist when he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Why would John be asking this? Well, we're going to cover that in a different episode. (laughs) But not to leave too many spoilers, because John at this time was in prison. However, he did baptize Jesus already, and he had witnessed the dove descend upon him, and the voice said, this is my son, with whom I am well pleased. So how would he have questions? Well, if Jesus was going to restore the kingdom, why would he be in jail? See, the disciples, their mind was on the earthly things. Their mind was on themselves. But Jesus was very quick to rebuke them when he said, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Jesus is like, don't you get it? Is it really taking you this long? Don't you know your scriptures? These things had to happen. Could you not put two and two together? The disciples thought they saw, but when things didn't go as they expected, when Christ died, their faith failed. And these weren't just some random Joe Schmoes hoping for something great to happen to them. No, these were good Jews. They had previously followed Jesus and heard his teachings, but they still didn't get it. Jesus had to take their eyes off of themselves and set it back on scripture, on the word, on him. The way Evangel depicts it, even as Jesus opened the scriptures, they were slow to believe. If I had to write it, I would have done the same thing. But slowly, more and more prophecy is open to them, and more and more they believe. See, we are like the disciples when we take God's word and make it about us, instead of letting it speak for itself. Jesus makes it clear that scripture is about him. If that's true for the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Why would it be any different for us? Why are we so arrogant to think things have changed? Why, when we see passages we like, do we rip them out of their context or away from the intended audience and apply it to us? How foolish are we to believe that something has changed between then and now? I mean, Jesus clearly states the purpose of Scripture. He gives it to them. He tells them it points to me. So why do we take anything any differently? 
It's our job as we read and study and dig into scripture to not read ourselves into it, but to read Christ out of it. So I'm encouraging you all and challenging you to make it a point to next time you read scripture, don't look at it and say, how does this apply to me? But rather look at it and say, how does this point to Jesus? Now, if you've never heard this track before, I included a Bandcamp link on the website under the lyrics section. Go listen to it, and I challenge you to see if Evangel is trying to make another point than what I've stated in this episode. Remember, all of Scripture is about Jesus. So that wraps up this episode. If you are benefiting from this show, please let us know by sending an email to unpackingthetheology at gmail.com or leaving us a comment on Google+ or on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, where you can also find a link to download the album. And, as always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please drop us a line. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.